Logic Gates, episode one, where we discuss Andor. This is going to cover the very first episode of the very first season. I'm Scott, and I'm here with Doug and Jason. Say hello. Hello. Uh. <laughs> All right. We're, so, off to, we're off to a great start. Are you still eating, Doug? A little bit. Uh, that was actually a little bit of a toothpick action. I, I was caught off guard. No worries. This is our this is our first one for the, the fan. We just lost three Patreon subscribers. So are we through the uh, official intro part of it? Yeah. The first thing that I was going to note was, you know, as the the logo fades out. Well, it fades in, then it fades out. There's no crawl on this, you know, no typical Star Wars crawl. And I didn't know off the top of my head what other Star Wars TV shows. Did the, the TV shows have a crawl? Does anybody know? Did no, I don't think so. Mandalorian, they don't have a crawl, right? No, Rogue One, Rogue One did not have a crawl. Because that was going to be my next question was whether that Rogue One had a crawl. Well, so that, is... that was notable about Rogue One. It was, it was actually mm-hmm. the first Star Wars movie. It didn't have a crawl. Is that the is it the only one that doesn't have a crawl? Because most I, I of don't them... I don't know if the Christmas special had a crawl. <laughs> I know I'm pretty sure Solo did, and I know all the core ones. Solo did. had a crawl. I sure thought so, but maybe I'm not, not remembering. I don't know. That's surprising to me. I figured it would just be sort of the main, um, the main line, like Lucas saga ones. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Solo. What's another to... Star Wars movie? Like Rogue One, Solo, and those are the only and the nine originals, right? They haven't done any others. There, okay, no other spinoffs. Not that I'm aware of. So you can tell we're like really experts at Star Wars. Um, we know Star Wars culture. pretty well, well-ish, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, okay. So did you guys notice the logo? So the logo, you know, it's it's Andor, but the the A, the D. The A, the N, the D, and the R are, I don't know, black letters, and the O is reversed. Right. Mm-hmm. Is there any mm-hmm. significance to that, or is it just stylistically a weird way to write Andor? Well, I'm just Googling it, and I think I'm seeing like an initial, uh, when they initially announced this series, it, Andor logo has um, a like Rebel logo for hit the O. So they, oh, I'm seeing that too. Yeah, they must have like switched it up a little bit, but it's just I I don't I don't think there's any significance. Probably just cool, you know. I don't know. Maybe we'll know. There's just one thing I noticed. That, the the logo kind of reminded me of like Alien, like the OG one, where the the pieces of the letters like fade in slowly because like the Andor like slowly, mm. slowly, slowly fades in. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a cool title title card or whatever you want to call it. That's nice. So it, it opens on the back of uh, Cassie and like walking down like this walkway. Did any one of you guys get like major cyberpunk vibes from it? Yeah, I, I was actually picking up on that a little bit. The initial sequence, uh, the whole brothel. I, at least I, I really assume it was a brothel. I don't remember if they outright said it. It, it was. They say it later, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, definitely got some cyberpunky type vibes. That, like, I was like, when just looking at the aesthetic of him walking, you know, down the, 
it, it had very cyberpunk vibes and i was like oh this is cool like i really like the vibe of this world and it got me thinking like i don't really think of any of the other star wars stuff as cyberpunky do you like this kind of felt different a little bit different but also familiar like um I don't know, the the clothing and stuff felt like I'd seen that before. It, it felt a little more futuristic than I'm used to seeing Star Wars, but it definitely—I mean, not like out of character. It, just, it was just a different look, but I, I was I was kind of digging on it. Yeah, and it had like like brooding sound effects, like very yeah reminiscent of of Blade Runner as well. Sort of the soundtrack was kind of like uh synth wavy and yeah brooding it, it, and like bassy and stuff yeah it felt super ghost in the shell or blade runnery yeah that was my thought did you guys like that first reveal on on andor's face where he's got the hood up <laughs> like roland looks over at the tv he goes dad are you watching morbius because he totally has that same <laughs> like hooded morbius morbius i was like no but that's a good take so who's the guy that plays and what's his name? Diego Luna. He could all, he can play. He could be in Morbius too. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I actually wanted to sort of like talk about the show, like kind of how it was born. It, before we get into like the actual episode, sure. Um, like so, Tony Tony Gilroy directed and and wrote this, which is pretty unusual because he's kind of famously not interested in star Wars. Um, he's kind of known as like a script doctor and Hollywood um, like comes in and kind of fixes, you know, really bad movies. Um, and that's what he actually did with rogue one. So he's quoted as saying like rogue one was absolutely terrible when he was hired. And, and so, he, and actually the whole thing was, was actually filmed and there was a director's cut submitted to like the producers and stuff. And it was so bad that they brought in another writer and he has um, what's called like a screenplay by credit for that, hmm. which is really unusual. Cause you have to get like technically 50% or write 50% of the script to get that credit. <laughs> and he came in after everything was filmed. So meaning he wrote more than 50 rewrote more than 50% of the script. Yeah. He was credited oh, wow. as, as that. Yeah which is crazy. So he, he's sort of, he's done some interviews and stuff. And he said um, he wasn't interested in really going back. There was a script for this show two like two years ago that was kind of floated around and, and uh, he saw it at the time and he's like, no, no thanks. Um, And then like after two years, they really couldn't do anything better and they were just going to move forward with it. And he said like, uh, he said, let me do it. Cause it was so bad. He didn't really want it to be filmed as is, you know? So he was, he kind of wanted to get in on it. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of interesting, like where he's coming from. He's not like a star Wars guy. He's, he's just sort of like a screenplay guy. Um, he's directing the show and he's not, you know, you, I was excited for this because of him. He's directed like the born identity um, series. He's, directed wrote wrote and directed uh, michael clayton which is one of my favorite movies so yeah i, I, I actually i just pulled up his uh, imdb page he's got quite the resume here uh devil's advocate armageddon 
oh, wow. uh, born supremacy, uh, born ultimatum, and the cutting edge going for the gold. <laughs> of course, classic right there. Yeah. So, like, for me, I am not excited in watching a Star Wars show anymore, really. And you hated Rogue One. Yes, I hated Rogue One. So I was, like, kind of pissed yeah. about having to, like, watch this. And be- I was, like, pissed about being excited for the show. <laughs> anyway, so. I, you know what? I was, so I was thinking about it. I was like, why Andor? Like, of all of the Star Wars stuff <laughs> that needs a that needs a spinoff, like who out there was like, you know, who needs a show? Cassie and Andor, like really? But that, so the other thing I was thinking, we were talking at lunch the other day. We were talking about how they they just keep bringing back like the fan favorites. Like you know, every stupid show has to have Vader in it. I was like, I'm so, I'm so tired of Vader. I'm tired of Chewbacca. I'm tired of the Skywalkers. Like, why can't they have new characters? And then I was thinking about Rogue One. I'm like, they introduced a whole bunch of new characters. You got Saul Guerrero, you got Jin Erso, you got Cassian Andor, you got K2SO. Like, you have all these interesting characters. And then I realized they'd kill all of them at the end. So, like, they finally you get some new Star Wars characters, and then they're just all dead. So they, the only thing they can do is like, oh, I guess we'll do a prequel with this one weird throwaway character from Rogue One. But yeah, it feels really random. But yeah, here we are. It's like doing like a Brady Bunch spinoff and it's about the dog. Like what? <laughs> uh, let's see. So Cassian goes to the brothel and he's looking for his sister. And there's some guards there that give him a hard time because they want to, I guess they were there first. So uh, you know what one thing I noticed when he was looking for his sister, I just want to say real quick, like he he um he says like what was her name? And he says it in a way like there's this really good acting in the show. Like I'm immediately impressed, but the way he says that makes you think that he doesn't even know her name. Yeah, he never says her name. He says he says it what's yeah, what does he say? It's Almost, not important or what's in a name or something like that. Well, like she says nobody uses their real names here. Right, yeah, um, yeah. But I just thought that was notable. Like, like he barely knows her, his sister. So. Yeah. So he takes off the, you know, the, the, what did she call them? What kind of guards were they? Town guards that tower guards or something like that. Company guards. Company. Yeah. Company. Yeah. Cause that's what I've heard. A lot of these areas are run by corporations They're, you know, the empire isn't really involved um so that's what that's where i think this is corporate run oh that was that was other thing i wanted to note was this is on oh crap morvana one or something like that what i don't even know what it was whatever planet he's on is a planet is brand new to the universe as far as i'm know i know it's not from any of the movies oh yeah morlana one is corporate security head well corporate security that's later i think the corporate security headquarters is morlana one but either way yeah these are like new planets the the point is they're not on tatooine or they're not on coruscant or whatever so this is all new so he's he's walking out of the bar down this rainy alley and the guards catch up to him and you know a fight ensues and i I thought it was great that he 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 overpowers the two guards but he throat punches the big fat one i mean just just full-on just throat punches them and totally catches the guy off guard I don't know why yeah. I'm just a, after watching a bunch of Bruce well, Lee. Movies, this is I'm meaningful. Just a sucker for 
This is a very meaningful scene. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but. um, Yes. Yes. I don't know if you're going to the same place that I'm going to go with it, but I I loved this scene because it really gave us insight into uh, his character. Yeah. Not, not just the fact that, okay, it shows us he can fight. Uh, You know, he's able to take on two guards uh, overpowered. It also shows that he was really hesitant to do it. Like he didn't just immediately turn around and start kicking mm-hmm. ass. Like he gave yeah. them every out, right? Exactly. There was so much subtlety in how he handled the situation that it really shows you who he is as a character. And even after it's discovered, you know, the one guy is out, not breathing, you know, okay. He's dead. Yeah. He can't do anything to save that guy. He and didn't he, mean he for panics. that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, now he's got the choice, you know, what does he do with the other guard? Mm-hmm. And, and it sits on that for a while. He like, ha- he takes a while to think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so th- if you remember like rogue one uh, introduced him um, with like, he was working with somebody and like in the elevator and like, he just cold blooded murdered the guy. If you remember that. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen rogue one in a while. Um, you wa- so you watched it recently though, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I've listened to podcasts. It's it's like, it's basically sort of like staking in the ground. Like, okay, so this character was a cold-blooded murderer in Rogue One. But in this movie, it's clear he's not that yet. And so it's sort of like an indicator. It's very different. And it's kind of like an arc. Um, you know, I guess I was kind of mad about it because the arc lasts 30 seconds because he cold-blooded kills like the next guy. <laughs> But it's sort of a statement about about yeah. his character. It's different than Rogue One. So I actually, uh, uh, maybe this is way out of left field, but uh, juxtaposition that occurred to me, uh, a similar character, I guess I should say, is uh, from uh, Better Call Saul, Mike Ehrmantraut, mm-hmm. and like his reluctance to kill, but resolution mm-hmm. to do what he had to do. Um, anyway, that, that mm-hmm. was a bit random, but that did pop up in my head as I was watching that scene. Uh, that could also just be because I've been looking at a lot of Better Call Saul stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on that scene before I move on? No. He so gets he away ki- quickly. Yeah, He kills those two guards. Like he, he full on murders that second guard, shoots him in the face, right? It's all off screen, but he just straight up murders that dude. Yeah. So the next thing, like you see, it cuts to like his little buddy. Well, you see a little droid. looks like Wally kind of like, and he's just like bombing around. He's bombing down this. Yeah, they're on Ferex. Alley or whatever. Oh, is that a different planet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, another planet because that's new to all of these that's new to the franchise it says it's a free trade sector so i think that's significant because there's like corporate controlled areas oh interesting and there's like a free trade system i guess i don't know so okay i did note that like there's these boars these pig things running down the street and you know one of the boars walks over to the the robot and pees on it and and i put down i wrote boar pee humor always a crowd pleaser totally yeah I mean that was fan service. I mean that was for that was for all the the boar lovers out there. <laughs> um, were either of you guys a little bit disappointed that it wasn't K two? 
Well, K two is definitely in this. It's, well, he's in the credits, I should say. So he's he is. Well, yeah, he's on the the yeah. Alan Tudyk or yes. You peeked on the IMDb page too. Yes. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did not. I looked. So uh, Cassian goes back to his ship, I guess, or his house, and he's talking to that little robot, and they have a long conversation. The only interesting thing I found was that he tells the robot to lie for him, and he says, "Okay, that's fine. I have enough energy for that." And like the implication is that robots can't lie, but if they do like it takes a lot of energy <laughs> so then cassian says don't tell anyone you saw me or or that you know where i am and the robot says well that's two lies if i do that i'm definitely gonna have to go home and recharge after this <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what the, i just thought it was funny like this the robot's like sure i'll lie for you but it's gonna take a lot of work for me to do it well it's like a it's like a really beat up droid like it's super yeah. um yeah like junky i think so was there any significance to that little piece of metal that he pulled out of it? Oh, I don't even remember that. Like just before he's leaving, he's like, oh, what's this? And he leans over and he pulls this little piece of metal like that was kind of, you know, stuck down in it. Like it kind of had hmm. vibes, you know, like uh, of like R2 and his restraining bolt vibes, but it never hmm. went anywhere. It was just kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I did want to mention like those those little boar things. Mm-hmm. Those look so good. Like really, uh, yeah, really amazing CG. They move like dogs, kind of, but they yeah are really well um, rendered. Um, I've they, been watching, uh, sorry, um, She Hulk lately, quickly, and mm-hmm. and it's just like really bad. <laughs> she Hulk's uh, <laughs> it's like just so bad. So you can tell like the difference, I guess, in the budget. But. Um, the boar things. Did did anybody else kind of? Feel like those were skags from borderlands oh they did have skag vibes from borderlands good call yeah i didn't make that connection but now that you say it i do yeah i kind of had one of those once i saw it i couldn't unsee it type of moments yeah <laughs> so after the the boar p and cassian telling the robot to die he ends up catching up with his old friend and i don't know what his friend's name is i don't remember if it was even said but he Get, he tells his friend he was like hey if anybody comes asking for me like basically lie for me i was with you last night and they his friend like thinks about it but then comes up with this really elaborate lie and he was just so he was totally in in on it so like you get a little bit more of of cassian's character like so he's just murdered these guys and now he goes to his friend and he's like hey i need you to cover for me and his friend yeah. is pretty pretty easily on board but doesn't even ask any questions like what did you do it was just like okay what do you need me to do yeah he and that's notable because like almost everyone else doesn't seem like they like cassian cassian very much almost everyone else but this guy like really was going to go to bat for him so yeah he's pretty significant it does seem like everyone else is either just doing business you know or trading and yeah that's like barely tolerates him um except for this friend yeah, so because that sort of leads in. So the next thing he does is he goes to um, essentially that mechanic um, and she's under the car and he lifts the car off of her or whatever. And she pulls the, you know, her whatever welding helmet off or whatever. And she's, of course, she's hot. And so I have, I have, okay, well, here's the mandatory hot girl, you know, because a lot of car mechanics are known to be 
good looking. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I get it. It's TV. You got to be TV pretty, but there, there are some jobs like you're just never going to look good doing, but she, she looked pretty good for being her name is Bix, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bix. Um, so he tries to pawn some, what I, you can only assume is stolen merchandise. Like, I don't even remember what he said he had. Something, some part from a ship that they, that he had stolen a long time ago. And apparently it's very valuable. So you get a little bit more of his character. So we know he's killed the guy now. We know his friends lie for him. He's not liked around town. And now he's got, you know, stolen mm-hmm. merchandise that he's trying to sell. Yeah, so he's trying I, to get some sort of transport, I think. Like, is that right? Well, I kind of got the impression that he wants to... Yeah, didn't he tell his friend that he wants to get off the planet because they're going to be looking for him because he murdered the cops? Yeah, yeah. He's developing an alibi, and I think he's trying to get I think he didn't... Get away I think, yeah, doesn't he say he wants to go somewhere and lay low for a while or until the heat passes or something to that effect? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of, I was kind of like, I was confused, like why, why he was running. So he seems so desperate. Like the fact that he murdered a couple of people on one planet and then yeah. was able to travel to another, I guess maybe the whole system is, is controlled by the corporation. And, and so that's why it it's dangerous, but I, I wasn't sure about that. So, yeah, I think I might've missed a little bit of that. Cause I uh, had just assumed that his, desperation to get off the planet was to continue a search for his sister um i mean that's probably part of it but yeah. he's like super desperate to develop an alibi and and like not have a trace and and covers tracks and all that stuff so yeah that's yeah. true i i did want to pause for a second because uh baker you kind of touched on it and it was a point that i, I wanted to uh, bring up and see if you guys feel similar the name of the piece that he was trying to pawn off Sometimes I find uh, with Star Wars in general, uh, be it the movie or the TV shows, they throw a plethora of uh, planet names, character names, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just proper nouns of all sorts at you. Mm-hmm. And I find it kind of hard to remember them. Uh, I'll identify characters more by their features and their their actions then i'll remember their name like nude you mentioned uh bix as the mechanic's name and, and that oh yeah that's right it was but that i don't think would have come to me naturally but i get a bit of noun fatigue from yeah i had to look that up yeah i mean the names are are difficult because they're alien and they seem kind of just pulled out of a hat you know yeah I mean, I know we've only seen one episode, but I couldn't tell you any of the other characters' names, at least not yet. Yeah, no, I, I'm in the same boat. I I know eventually I'll get familiar with them, but... Even the main character, I, I want to call him Cassio Watchman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, so he tries to pawn stolen merch, and... Uh, the next note that I had was that oh he runs into that guy in the street or whatever and the guy's like hey i need that well, money before that we actually get a scene on the corporate security headquarters oh, right yes yes the, the dude that's or, or like the, the the captain that seems kind of complacent and then there's the the deputy oh. assistant sorry go ahead 
the deputy in the the vault uh, dweller outfit. He did look like the Fallout guy. Yeah, you're right. And like yeah, he modified yeah. his uniform. Like he said, he added piping and pockets. He was like, you know, clearly like the overachiever of the universe. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of aggravated that his captain was so like blasé and and told him to conjure a suitable accident um and and make sure that you know the pleasure cuz they were in the pleasure zone like you yeah. said so that, make sure that that's not in the story and, and Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say is cuz yeah, that guy actually says they were at a brothel and they knew they weren't supposed to be, so he confirms right there that it was a brothel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 a weird character. Obviously, I think yeah. we'll see a lot more of, of this deputy guy. Um, he seems I'm not sure about his like motivations. He just seems weird. And yeah, but I, I don't know. I do want to point out, Nuge, you talked about your excitement for the writer. This was a really, in my opinion, well done uh, exposition scene because it explains so much in such a quick amount of time. Like you, it does, yeah. you learn the the function of the security guys. You learn that they have rules that they have to follow. You learn that they follow those rules to keep up appearances for the Empire. You, I mean, so much is just kind of laid out. Oh, is out. it for the Empire? Do they, do they say that? Yeah, when he says that he's about to go to a meeting with the Empire. And, oh, okay. You know, oh, okay. I didn't catch that. The whole theme of those, or the goal of those meetings is brevity. You know, he, he says it like that. So the the one thing I will say is, you know, every now and then you'll get a scene that's a ton of exposition in a movie and you can just tell that they're 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 telling you what was happening, not showing you what's happening. Like they just have to advance the plot. And sometimes it's it's obvious and it's kind of to me, it's exhausting. You're like, OK, don't you're obviously you would never say that out loud in real life. You're just saying that so the audience knows what's happening. I did not get that mm-hmm. feeling from that scene. It felt it flowed. Yeah, you're just right. getting in that conversation, and like Doug said, you learn so much just from like the context around that conversation. Yeah, yeah, and like the just yeah the the even those two characters, you learn so much. Um, yeah, just about like kind of a, a normal conversation about like what are they going to do about this these officers that died? You know, yeah, it didn't mind. feel forced, which is yeah. sometimes it does was passed off naturally it yeah. was entertaining and not just informative all right so then cassian's back in the the alley and he runs into you know whatever that guy's name is and he owes him money and he was like you know you owe me 50 bucks or whatever and cassian's like oh i don't have it if i had it i'd give it to you it's tied up right now he's like i'll get it to you next week and and then he the guy basically says yeah i thought you'd say that and then he has that other like fish looking guy behind him he's like i brought you know joe over there in case you said that yeah that tells you a lot more about cassian's character like he's just owing money all over town but like this guy and also this other guy's character is not quite the boss mob that he wants to be or whatever you know yeah the yeah the intimidator he's trying to be an intimidating person and to me i feel like we're gonna see him a lot more like he's gonna start um, I don't know. I just felt like he might, we might see him as a more threatening role later on. Yeah. But yeah. That's... But there, there was something that was implied. I can't remember if Cassian said it or the other guy said it, but he owes a lot of people money. It's not just this one guy. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly some sort of smuggler. You know, he's, you know, Han Solo-esque in that he owes a lot of people money. He's willing to kill people. 
Um, and then I forget exactly what happens next. The next thing I noted was there was, <laughs> there was some noodles they were eating. Like they had like, a, you know, a Chinese food to go container. Oh yeah. Yeah. The blue yeah. noodles. You know Sorry. what I'm going to say? Yeah. It was the blue noodles. So I was like, oh, it's so like apparently everything in space is blue. So if you go into space, they have Panda Express, but they only serve blue noodles. Did you see that as like a nod to the whole blue milk thing? I think it has to be because there's no blue food. There's yeah, I, that was what I took away from it was just like and it was kind of throwaway too. Like if you didn't if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't see it. Yeah. 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 Like that's one of the only almost one of the only references that you or like Easter eggs in the whole show. Like it's, it's really sparse. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of like conversation about it and like, there's a lot of people that are kind of angry that there's not more references to star. It, it you know, it doesn't even almost feel like a star Wars show. Cause there's oh, I don't know, barely anything, any references to outside of, of the show itself. But yeah, yeah it, um, I think it's very subtle in some of its, gestures and stuff so yeah um the the other part we missed is there's a couple flashbacks yeah i was just gonna say oh sorry yeah go i mean you can talk about it go for it well they just flashback to when he's like a little kid and you see his sister and and she calls him casa um and it's all kids as far as i can tell yeah it kind of looked like peter pan-esque didn't it yeah it's all these well, kids basically living in the forest or lord of the flies yeah one of those for sure yeah so so there's there's what two yeah. or three flashbacks essentially where it's just him and his sister and they're living on some island or i don't know yeah lord of the flies you don't know what's going on just that there there was a ship that crashed and then they were they were basically sort of hiding right all right, so I was trying to figure out the timeline on this, and maybe you guys can help me understand, because uh, from what I understood, this is pre-Rogue One, which would put us pre-Death Star Empire. Right. Right? But post-Clone uh, Wars? Um, yeah, uh, it's got to be right about the same time, because aren't the Clone Wars happening... That's a good question. Yeah, I'll have to look up the timeline. Because what I took is those flashbacks might have been to something that happened during the Clone Wars. That's why that ship was crashing. Maybe. Maybe that's why they were like sort of spooked. And uh, I get the impression they weren't comfortable with that ship. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, I've seen the second episode. Um, don't okay. spoil there's, I know, but there's just there's just definitely something very interesting happening. I actually don't know the full of it, but I'm I'm guessing there's something very interesting about where they are and why they're all kids and what they're like wearing and stuff. I think it's it's yeah, it's and okay, it, so I don't that was just gonna be my question. Was there was yeah. there more in this episode than just some kids hiding in the forest? Did I miss something? No, no, that okay. just that uh, I think that, that that Cassian is about is leaving to go, I think, go um, look, go towards that ship with a group and his and I think he leaves his sister behind at that point. Um, oh, okay. so. Maybe that's the yeah. last time he ever actually sees. Yeah, sister. maybe she gets kidnapped or something while he's gone and then he feels guilty. But 
it's it's hard to tell. Yeah. Well, I mean, that must have. I mean, they were kids in that, and he's easily in his thirty or forties in the show, or in you know. So there's between those flashbacks and present day, there's at least twenty five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. We know his sister doesn't die because she, you know, he's looking for her, and she must yeah. have had a hard life because she ends up working at a brothel. So. I mean, that's essentially all we know after episode one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's the end of my notes. I think that's pretty Mm -hmm. much where the episode wraps is. So, I mean, what I took away from it was, I mean, clearly this is episode one, right? It's, it's all set up. There's very little explanation in the first episode. So, and there also wasn't a ton of action. I mean, I guess other than him murdering that guy, it was a lot of it was just sort of like setting up some characters. So I mean, you get the vibe. Yeah, you, know? you get the vibe. It, it, it was a good episode. It was, you know, I don't know if it was amazing. And I don't know if it's like, oh, my gosh, now that I've seen this, I absolutely have to see the rest of them. You know, I mean, it didn't hook me. I mean, I'm going to watch them. But I mean, it wasn't an amazing episode. Overall thoughts. Yeah. What What about you, Doug? What are your overall thoughts? Um. Overall, I liked the look. Um, it felt familiar uh, as far as uh, a Star Wars type film, but it didn't feel like the same old Star Wars. Um, yeah. It, actually, just to expound on that, one of the notes that I had that I, I wanted to bring up and see what you guys thought about it was when you look at futuristic sci-fi um, you have something like uh, Star Trek where it's uh, technological utopia, so to speak. Uh, whereas when you see Star Wars, uh, oftentimes they will portray like technological. Um, what's the word? The impoverished uh, mm-hmm. poor. Like it's a weird juxtaposition having like, you know, super high-end, high-tech, fancy ship parts and dirt and squalor and uh, yeah, this was poverty. a this was. I mean, like if you look at you think poverty, at least I think poverty in Star Wars. I think like Tatooine and you know the deserts and I mean even I guess Ray grows up essentially in a desert and she's poor. I don't get that impression from this. I mean, wherever they are, what is it, Marvana one or whatever that, I mean, clearly is a relatively economically viable city. It's doing okay, but it definitely appears to have a lower class of people in sure. it. Um, and also the flashbacks were, you know, what what was going on with that Lord of the Flies village? Like, nice yeah, forest. But, that's definitely, yeah. you've never seen anything like that in Star Wars that I can think of. Oh, you think so? I mean, I don't know. It didn't seem too far from the Ewoks. It, it seemed like it fit some themes, but it yeah. was a new look. Yeah, okay. Uh, like a tribal people? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's... They didn't They didn't go full yub nub, which <laughs> one can appreciate. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. no, overall, I, I liked it. Um, so, scale of one to ten, what's our what's what's your rating of the first episode? Nuge. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just I am happy about the vibe. I'm happy about like what I didn't see. You know, I didn't see like a bunch of references to 
mainline story, mainline Star Wars. I didn't see any stuff, you know, lightsabers. I, the Empire was even a surprise. I didn't know the Empire was referenced. I yeah. missed that, but um, no Jedi's, you know. So I'm super stoked for what it's what's going oh. on because it's, you know, it's it's kind of doing it's doing a very good character story with the Star Wars backdrop. So, you know, it's not like, um, I don't think it, it's doing anything super new, but it's doing stuff really well in a very interesting world. So yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm super I, stoked. I, so I'm scale sorry. of one to 10. Scale yeah, of yeah. one to 10 with the first episode. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to, I mean, it was so, there was, there's very little there, but I guess you know, eight-ish, solid eight. Oh, wow, okay. You know, heavy eight. Yeah. All right. Now, I need to ask, and I am sorry, I don't mean to spin this off the rails. I know we should probably be wrapping this up, but every positive thing you just said about this show and what you're liking and digging about it applies to Rogue One. <laughs> well, I we, disagree. We, I think we should, you know what we should do? Maybe after this is all over, we should watch Rogue One and do a Rogue One podcast oh god i'm on board yeah doug scale of one to ten uh i agree with nuge i'd give it a solid eight i'm intrigued to see where it goes uh i will admit this episode was a little bit slow but it felt it felt like it built a nice foundation for the rest of the series there's one other thing i wanted to mention about like the setup of it um so initially they had planned this to be five seasons of 12 episodes okay um, and Tony Gilroy and I think Diego Luna were like talking after filming like the first five episodes or something. And they were like, Oh my God, this is going to take us like 15 years to, to implement this whole plan that they had. So they decided to to pare it down to two seasons uh, of 24 episodes total. So that also, mm-hmm. I mean, all this stuff around it kind of is getting, getting me excited just to know that like they have a clear plan they have a a sort of an epic plan, like a 12 episode season is pretty, pretty chunky. Um, And they don't seem to be like just trying to stretch things. They're actually moving pretty, pretty fastly. If you ask me. So yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll see you guys a little more generous. I think I would give this a a solid six out of 10. Really? There, It wasn't bad. Like I said, they're just, if, if I wasn't already in the universe, I mean, it, there's just not a lot here to go on. I mean, I'll definitely tune in. I think it's got potential to go a lot of places, but it didn't grab me. Not like the Mandalorian. I remember when the Mandalorian came out, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to watch the next one. But all right. Well, we're running out of time. I think that'll wrap up episode one. Everybody go watch episode two and uh, we'll record another one. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Gate out. Gate out. <laughs>